0: You're listening to episode 29
1: Cha-ching. of the
0: In Between podcast, where you'll hear conversations on marriage, parenting, faith, and everything in between. My name is Daniel M,
1: and I'm Christina M.
0: Well, today we're going to be talking about, as you probably guessed from Christina's little, what do you call that?
1: Interruption. Sound effects. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you should create your own line of sound effects and sell it online.
1: All right. Ching. <laughs> money, money, money. Yeah,
0: and we have to actually since we're talking about this, if you go to the show notes org slash episode 29, you'll have to post a link of your rapping video.
1: Oh, about all the numbers. Zero, zero, zero. Zero, zero. <laughs> zero it was, is the hero. No,
0: it was epic. It was epic. Great. So... Yes. it's No, it's a my video. My voice is available yeah.
1: for those who would like to use for me. For the price as like of 5
0: dollars uh,
1: Well, like random, random story is my voice actually made it into a video game.
0: Not many people can see that.
1: Nope. That's right. Or say that. Yeah. That's right. That should be so. on your LinkedIn profile. <laughs>
0: Official voice.
1: Great. Because I really don't have much else to put on. So number one, voiceover of some college game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was great. Well, today, Christina, we have a special guest.
1: Yes. Um, you may know her.
0: This is Rachel Cruz, the daughter of the infamous Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And uh, long story short, uh, the other one of the other podcasts I co-host, the five leadership questions one, we had her on. And right after I was like, she needs she needs to be on her podcast.
1: Yes, because she's just so wise and being able to be a great communicator about money and about how we can help raise our children to be wise with money.
0: Mm -hmm. She wrote a book, Smart Money, Smart Kids with her dad, Dave Ramsey. And on the podcast, we get into it. It's not a book review. (laughs) So if you read the book. Fear not. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, don't worry about your, remember those high school book reviews? synopses that you had to do. Cole's notes. Yeah. No, it's not like that. No, this is fun. Rachel comes out in full form talking about her story growing up as a Ramsey daughter, the business that she started as a teenager, teenager, just all aspects of growing up as a a little bit of a behind the scenes look in growing up as a Ramsey daughter, but also we get into principles. So if you're parenting a preschooler or an elementary school student or a teenager, even a a, child, a teenager that's con- close to the age of going to college. Mm-hmm. She actually addresses each one of those as well. So you're in for a treat.
1: Well, and Daniel, especially towards the last part that she talks about colleges and how to choose a college where in state or oh, out man. of state and it's gold Completely. And I know for us, we're a few years away from, you know, sending our kids off to college. But at the same time, I feel like the advice that she had for people who have older children can be applied to now and for us to start talking to our kids about saving and making wise choices for even, you know, their years as growing into adults.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's listen in. Well, thank you, Rachel, for being on the podcast with us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. And um, like we were talking about before we hit record, uh, Rachel, your book has helped our family so much. Uh, you wrote Smart Money, Smart Kids, and we will link it in our show notes. Uh, but you and your dad have re- co-wrote it, and you were talking a lot about how to raise your children in a way that they can make financially wise decisions now and in the future. And so uh, we implemented a few things in our family's lives. For example, our three-year-old, we're thinking, oh, he doesn't understand anything about money. But after reading your book, we're like, you know what? He could he could start to save and understand delayed gratification. <laughs> and so that's what we did. We got him a little mason jar and, you know, he does a few things around the house and then he gets paid for that. And now he's saving up for, you know, the next toy or whatnot that he wants. And he is understanding, you know, ten dollars. That costs ten dollars. Oh, I don't have ten dollars. Wait a minute. That's (laughs) gonna take me like four weeks to save that. Yeah, and he's really
0: getting that because he's all into Transformers Rescue Bots right now. Mm -hmm. And he wanted the police car one, which is Chase, and I showed him on Amazon. It's fifteen dollars. So he got all the way up to ten and then we went to Target and he loves Disney cars and he <laughs> saw a pair of cars that he didn't have and he wanted it. And I was like, hey, just to let you know, if you get this, you are gonna have to wait a lot longer before you get chased. <laughs> and he was like his little three and a half year old, you know, is like trying to figure Wing out should I coins. yeah, should I get this? Should I <laughs> yes.
2: not? Anyways, he, he got an opportunity it. cost at yes. two years old. And some thirty-three <laughs> year olds don't even know that. So <laughs> well, <Yeah>. actually <laughs> the
1: person behind us at Target in the checkout line, he was like Man, that was really good that you're teaching your kids to do that. I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> so that's right.
2: <laughs> I love it, you guys. That's right. so fun. So fun. And it's fun seeing their little light bulbs kind of like turn on. And they're like, oh, oh, on all these aspects, right? I mean, exactly. it's – exactly. And it's so doable too. That's what I love is that you actually are putting it into place because they can, they can grasp it and uh, learning it early. Gosh, what a gift. That's great.
1: Yes. And um, for those who may not know, um, you are the daughter of David Ramsey. And you mention it in your book about how life may not seem um, the way that other people would think like, oh, you probably got, you know, fed with a silver spoon or whatnot, or things came really easy to you. Um, so if you could give us a picture of how life was growing up in the Ramsey house for our listeners to understand more.
2: Well, yeah, growing up as... Dave Ramsey's kid, I think some people do either assume, oh gosh, you just grew up rich because I think of him as like the money guy, or they assume that we were obsessed Mm -hmm. with money in our family. And like all we talked about was mutual funds and like budgets all the time. (laughs) And thankfully- paying with cash. Yeah, yeah, envelopes. That's (laughs) right. That's right. Yeah. And thankfully that was not the case. And in fact, I was actually born the year mom and dad filed for bankruptcy. And so for the big part of my first life, they were- digging out of that hole financially. And I was really able to have a front row seat in a sense to watch them do these things and, and change the way they've handled their money. And so I was obviously young at the time, but those memories still of, you know, going to consignment shops to buy clothes and we never went out to eat. We never went on vacation. Like all these memories that I do have, uh, I think really have shaped who I am. And I, and I don't, and I'm not under this philosophy that You have to grow up poor in order to appreciate money. I think people can pass on an incredible legacy to their family and their kids can still be grounded and make wise decisions as well. I found that money is it's like a magnifying glass. It just makes you more of what you already are. Ooh, I love and that. so understanding the character behind it. And so that's um, always my encouragement to people that, yeah, there there's an element that's refreshing of, OK, you know, we did. We grew up poor in that sense. Um, but that doesn't have to be everyone's story by any means. And mom and dad taught us so well about money. And they did it a lot through just like the ebb and flow of life. Like it was just okay. normal conversations when they were at the grocery store or dad was paying a bill or whatever it was, everything from electricity bill to the grocery store uh, budget and hearing the word no a lot as a kid. That's when, a hard word to hear. <laughs> yes. Oh, always. And you know, you just um, becomes, it almost becomes normal in a sense. And I think so many At my age, I feel like in my generation, you know, raised by baby boomers, a lot of parents never talked about politics, sex Mm -hmm. or money. Like mm-hmm, the exactly. three topics that were just off the table because their parents didn't talk about those things. And so just having mom and dad engage all types of conversation with us as kids, but especially when it comes to money, was just so helpful. And then on top of that, they allowed us, just like you guys are doing with your son, letting us learn with our own money, you know, learning to, to work and get paid and and taking that money and giving it and saving it and spending it and making mistakes, mm-hmm. not always making the right choice. But man, when you can make small, inexpensive mistakes under your your parents' roof—that's such a better gift than going out on your own and handling money for the first time and making, you know, ginormous mistakes. Yes, you know, exactly. On a, on a Seventy thousand dollar brand new car—you know—that you can't afford or whatever <laughs> yes. it is. So, <laughs> um yeah. So it was—it was really a um, a blessing, I would say, growing up how I did, and not just because he is Dave Ramsey, but just because I had parents that engaged uh, us so well on that topic.
0: Yeah. So, at what point, Rachel, did you decide that you wanted to? Uh, also be involved in, in helping others financially as well.
2: I started speaking with dad uh, at his live events. He had these big arena live events with like 10,000 people. Um, and that was through middle school and high school. So I would go to those events and work the back book tables and and help sell stuff, wear the little t-shirt you know, that all the volunteers wore. So like, that's what we grew up doing on Saturdays. Nice. <laughs> and I Family remember- Family business, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right, I mean, totally, yeah. And um, when I was a, I think a, a freshman maybe in high school, I was about 15 at the time and I decided I, you know, could get up and speak in a sense, do a, it was like a five minute pitch on stage, a sales pitch of the kids' products that we had and being Dave Ramsey's daughter, I had all these, you know, the, Ten top ways it's tough to be Dave Ramsey's kid, and like you know,
1: I had this little (laughs) (laughs) team,
2: and yeah, and at fifteen, I remember you know traveling and doing that with him. I did it all through high school, and I just loved it. I loved speaking, I loved engaging with people, and I knew that was kind of in my wheelhouse early on, and so I kind of always just tucked that in the back of my mind. And so then when I went off to college, I was talking to friends that I had known from high school and new people I was meeting, and money would get brought up, and. I just remember hearing the stories of the student loans they were taking out or the credit mm-hmm. card they just applied for and they got it. And now they can go on this road trip this weekend. And it's like 500 bucks that's free. You know, like you, I'd hear all these things from these college friends. And they we're thinking, no, yeah. no, no, not, not a good choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, if you have any idea that these mistakes are going to follow you for the next yeah, 20 years of your compound, life, and that's all I heard. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I, at that moment, I always say that's kind of my light bulb moment that I realized, oh, wow. This That's is cool. a, this is a, a huge issue for people. And so when I graduated from college, I kind of put the two and two together. I was like, okay, I could travel and talk to high school students and college students, my mm-hmm. generation when it comes to this. And I, I kind of looked at myself as, um, I looked at my dad as the emergency surgeon and I was the preventative medicine. Oh, so it's I It's like, you that can, way of if you get it, it early, it. you don't have to make the mistakes that maybe your parents have made. And so, um, so that's what I did for gosh, probably four years. And then as I grew up in a sense, and I was married and had babies and all of that, my message is kind of morphed with my stage of life. So now I don't really speak to high school students and college students as much anymore it's more, you know, um, moms and more, you know, women and, men for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it, it's kind of grown with me, if you will, the message has, uh, in my seasons of life. And so it's been really, really fun. I I've loved it. And again, I think there's an assumption as well that, okay, well, yeah, you're Dave Ramsey's kid. Of course you're going to work, you know, in the business. And I always laugh because I remember when I told dad after college graduation, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to travel and I want to talk to high school students and college students. And he was like, okay, if you come on board and you really, you work here, you're going to have to work twice as hard as everyone oh, else. Oh, yes, I you're bet. You're going to have to come in early, you're going to have to leave late. Like you have to earn what, you know, what it is because your name, automatically people are going to just assume you had a leg up. And so you mm-hmm. have to, it's gonna, and everyone's telling me it's going to be a whole lot harder to work here than somewhere else because you're going to have to work a whole lot harder. <laughs> and I was like, mm. okay. Right. I, <laughs> I, and I love it. I mean, I, I still do. So it's... um it's been such a fun part of my story and journey and just the that's fact awesome. of being able to help people too. And that's the biggest thing. I'm like, gosh, I get to have a job that, and kind of like you guys, you get to mm-hmm. have this message to get out and encourage people and help people change their lives is really what it is and giving them hope and a plan. And so I, I love it so much. It's been fun. Awesome. Well, um, I love
1: how you were mentioning that, uh, in, you know, different stages of growing up that your parents were teaching you things and also Expecting you to do a few things. Uh, You shared a story in your book about your dad coming to you and your sister. I can't remember how old you were and saying, Okay, now you need to start a business. (laughs) (laughs) And I can't imagine, you know, coming to my kids and being like, Okay, this is what you need to do. And then being like, "Mm, Okay, let's do this. So obviously, there were some background things that had happened. So if you can share with our audience sort of what led to that point and even what was the purpose behind your dad coming to, all as teenagers and saying, okay, do this now.
2: Yes. Yeah. It was right when Denise, my older sister got her license. So she was 16 and I was 14 and I, th- I was in the eighth grade. And I remember what, yeah, one night he set us down he was like, girls, I want you to start a business. I want you to learn how to be an entrepreneur. I want you to learn profit and loss statements. I want you to learn how to run things. I want you to know how to look at pricing. And yeah, we're like these teenage preteen girls. Yeah. We're like, what, dad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and right. that was
1: before internet too, I'm guessing. Yes, right? oh my the gosh, same age yeah. as us. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a lot harder to research. Yeah, right.
2: I can't like Etsy shop and ship out things. We actually <laughs> <should laughs> had to like go, you know, and do the stuff. And so, yeah, so we came up with a... um Business idea at his office. At the time, they probably had, gosh, two, three hundred people working at the office, and we knew they love food. <laughs> they, everyone like, right. yeah, yeah, loves, you know, a Coke or a Diet Coke or whatever. And so we just opened up a snack shop, and in every kitchen on the nice. on each floor of the building, there was a kitchen. And so we always put, you know, snacks on the counter and drinks in the refrigerator. And we called it Your Integrity Snacks because uh. <laughs> they had to pay for it on their own integrity. It wasn't right. like a vending machine. And and, um, yeah, and I read at the time there were vending machines there. Our company had vending machines and I th- we, we, we caught them out because they got out of business because of our integrity snacks. We wow. had snacks. Yeah. <laughs> Taking so, yeah, your competitors was, down early. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. So and I think it was something, you know, I don't think if you would ask him today, if he was going to be super hardcore on it, I think he just wanted us to be challenged and learn these simple, you know lessons, whether it's Mm -hmm. hard work and having to go to Costco and lug these big snacks around and Cokes around. And I remember every cashier, almost every time we went, because we'd go through the big Costco line with this like push cart of all this (laughs) stuff. And they're like, Oh, looks like you're having a party. we're like, we're working. (laughs) This is not No, no party here. (laughs) Yeah. We're trying to make some money.
1: (laughs) But it was good.
2: Yeah. It was a good, a good lesson for sure. A funny memory. We laugh about it because it was not, um, we were not the angel kids by any means. They were like, "Oh yay, we can't wait!" You know, I'm yeah. sure we complained <laughs> a lot and all that, but it was good. It was That's fun great. to fun to have that. Yeah.
0: Well, in in your book, you talk about this idea of allowance versus commission. What's the difference? Is it just semantics, or I mean, tease that out for us, please.
2: Yeah. So. We always tell people, yeah, never pay your kids an allowance. And growing up, I was never given an allowance because an allowance is an assumption that you're just going to be given money because you breathe air. Just because you're there, you're allowed to have, you know, this money. And so you're just given this money, uh, whatever amount, $5, $20. And so a commission is if you work, you get paid. If you don't work, you don't get paid. Mm -hmm. And there's cause and effect with that. And mm-hmm. so we, we always yeah tell par- parents and teach them, teach your kids about commission and, and, and apply that principle. So there is a, um, you know, the, the vocabulary is different, but the principle and the heart behind it is very different as well because okay. they have to learn a consequence of, okay, if I don't work, I don't get paid. And like we laughed earlier that some 33 year olds don't know opportunity costs and some 33 mm-hmm. year olds don't know about work. And like True. this idea that you have to go to work to get paid. And so work just becomes a foundational point for them and it's all they know. And you're not, you know, putting your, your five-year-old out on the lawnmower and making them mow you know, five <laughs> acres of whatever. Yeah. 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 It totally. totally <laughs> this is very basic, very, very basic. And it's a, it's, there's kind of two, um, areas. I see chores There's some that you get paid on. So they mm-hmm. learn that lesson of earning money and what they do with that money. Cause kids that earn money, they give it differently. They save it differently. They spend it differently. Cause they've, you know, their heart, their work, their sweat and tears are in that money. And so it feels a whole lot different, the weight of it versus if they were just handed a $5 bill. Mm -hmm, And so there's that element, but there are, there's also chores for sure that you do because you're part of the family and it's just what you do. So for us growing up the kitchen, we never got paid on things around the kitchen. We were expected to take our plates to the dishwasher. As we got older, put them in the dishwasher. As we got even older, we cleaned the kitchen and, you know, wash the pots and pans. Mm -hmm. Like we did that because you're part of the family. And so you don't want to create this like... (laughs) little union kid, you know, where he's like, listen, I picked up a pillow. You got to pay me all day. You know, like every little thing. So yeah, there's just some things you do because they're part of the family. Um, but other things, yeah, there's a great learning lesson in, uh, understanding commission.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. these these extra things. I remember um after the interview and after telling Christina cuz we uh, Rachel we had first met when I interviewed you on our other podcast uh, that mm-hmm. I do the 5 leadership questions one and and I remember coming home and and Christina got the book and started reading through it and and we were like, okay, what can we do? So, I was mowing the lawn and we had not weeded our garden but we we a couple of years ago <laughs> <laughs> had Lofty a garden ideas had a for garden. garden. And it semi worked (laughs) well last year and the year and the year before we haven't had a garden Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of grown up you know all the weeds have grown so while I was mowing the lawn we're like hey kids do you want to weed it and we'll give you five dollars five dollars each well (laughs) there's a lot of weeds (laughs) so and it was like 90 something degrees they were you know so they earned a popsicle here and they only had to do half and we're like hey if you do the other half uh, We'll give you another $5. And in their heads, they were like, is it worth $5? Yeah. <laughs> no, literally. So they haven't done the other side because opportunity cost-wise, they were like, there are other things I can do that'll get to me earn more, <laughs> That's more right. money That's faster. Right.
2: That's so funny. Yeah. So Kids yeah. are smart. They Kids are, are smart. Yes, are. Yes.
1: And giving them the opportunities to choose too, right, is important.
0: The wait is over. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold.
1: Um, Now, I'm also wondering, Rachel, that you had talked about, you know, uh, opportunities to pay money for children who are doing things around the house and also things that are not getting paid for. Um, we've had some friends in some different discussions beforehand with other people who actually don't believe in paying their children at all because they are part of the family and they are part of making this home work together. So is there anything that you could share about ways to teach kids about money without giving commission?
2: Um. It's a little tough. I mean, you can put boundaries in different, you know, rules around birthday money. Let's say, mm-hmm. you know, okay. that someone gives birthday money. But I think that, gosh... I think you, you miss out on a lot of teachable moments money wise, um, when your kids aren't doing that, you know, again, right. to have majority of things, but even if it's three things and you give them a dollar a chore and they just do it once a week or, you know, and it's $3 a week, maybe it's not, doesn't have to be a ton of money, but it's just those, that repetition of that accountability that they have to do it. And then once they get the money, what they learn, there's just so many teachable moments. So I really do. I, I would, um really push people to say, Hey, do some chores where they get paid again because of all the things that they're going to learn. Um, because it is different than just birthday money and Christmas money. But if Mm -hmm. you just have this hard conviction or something that you're like, absolutely never, never, never. Um, then I would say you could start those lessons as they earn money through work, whether they start babysitting at a young age in middle school um, or start doing little things outside of the house, then I would really encourage that as quickly as possible, because the sooner they get money in their hands and they learn how it works and they learn the pain of mistakes, they learn the celebration of the hard work Mm -hmm. and they have all those emotions the earlier you can make that normal and a part of a habit in their life, the better off they're going to be versus just saying, no, 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 you you can't handle any money. We're not going to give you any money until you're 16 or whatever you know now if you have a 16 year old it's not too late you can still implement all of this (laughs) now but but yeah if you have little kids i would still i would push definitely the commission system uh because again i think there's just so many so many great lessons in it
0: yeah so for both christina and i our our parents immigrated from other countries Mm -hmm. and and they worked a ton just to try to survive and and yeah put food on the table yeah exactly so for both christina and i after talking through this we were like wow i wonder If we would have spent our money differently as teenagers, if we understood this commission, Mm -hmm. well, you know, turn the tables. We are now parenting and we have three children and we're like, okay, yes, we we understand the value of them making these decisions. We want to raise them up in this way. And yeah, we have you know, we can afford to give them you know what, we have three kids. So that's what $10, 15 you know, maybe, you know, $10 mm-hmm. a week or so that we're giving them. But what about families who are just trying to, I mean, they're going paycheck to paycheck and are just, they're like, they,
1: they don't have extra. Yeah. They're like, I, I
0: can't give 10 extra dollars a week. That's $40 a month that I don't have to give to my kids, uh, f- you know, for commission. What would you suggest to them if you're speaking to them directly?
2: Sure, I would say either just lower the dollar amount. I mean, okay. you could do a quarter, you know, or 50 cents, okay. you know, obviously what they're going to be able to buy tactically speaking with that's not going to be a ton, right? Because they're not earning a ton in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would really encourage, I mean, if that's you as a parent, then I would definitely say for you to get to a place where you are handling, handling your money differently, mm-hmm. right? If you're on that tide of a um, budget, which a lot of people are 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. So it's a lot of people out there that have that that strain. Um, but I would say, you know, start budgeting your own money as a, you know, start working to get out of debt, start working to get to a place to be very intentional with your money. Cause it's amazing. Even just getting on a budget, it feels like you have a raise. So even just that $20, $10 a week really can be freed up.
0: I love that. And, and we'll put a link to this in the show notes, but I love how you have a 14 day money finder challenge, uh, on your site. And I love, you know, the average person finds $2,000 for the year.
2: (laughs) Yes. yes, And it's amazing. And I love it because the tips on it are so simple that, uh, it's just things that people don't think about or they just don't do. And the more intentional you are, the more money you find.
1: Completely. Um, Going back, Rachel, that you had mentioned quickly these three words, save, spend, and give when you were talking Mm -hmm. about kids. And we haven't really talked about that yet. So do you mind explaining why those three words are so important and what they mean?
2: Yes. Well, the three um, principles really of giving, saving, and spending, it's the basics. It's the foundation of money. And as adults, it's basically what you can do with money, even with us, right? Uh, When it gets down to it. Mm -hmm. And so Letting kids understand all three, them building those three money muscles is so, so important. And so after they earn some money through that commission that we were talking about chores they get three envelopes and mark them give, save and spend Mm -hmm. and make them put some money in every envelope. And I'm not so legalistic to say, you know, that you have to put a certain amount, certain percentage um, in every single one. Mm -hmm. I think just divide it out as a parent, however you feel, but letting them do all three uh, because giving and I always start with that. It's it's living with that open hands and your kids are growing up in a very selfish culture, right? It's like Mm -hmm. the the Mm selfish generation. Yeah. It's all about me, 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 my happiness, what makes me feel good. And it's amazing when they start to give, even at a young age, it sparks something in them and it changes their character. It changes who they are. And so starting that early is so important. And then also saving. Saving is something that is tough for even adults to do, Mm -hmm, right? Delaying gratification. But having a goal in place, and I love this for kids, is to say, you know, like you guys were talking about, uh, he has an Amazon wish list of things that he wants to buy your son. And I love that because I'm like, yes, have a goal that you're working towards and they can see it and they're working towards it. So they're not just saving, you know for like a black hole. I had one parent that were like, yeah, my four year old's going to put money towards their college at four. I'm oh, like, wow, that poor four year old, like, come on, i like, <laughs> not going to see this <laughs> pay over a long yeah, time. Like, I'm go buy like a car, like a toy car or something, <laughs> yeah. right? Like let them experience some of the fun of this. Um, so yeah, so having something that, that they're saving for and the older they get, maybe the thing they're saving for is larger. Uh, maybe it is an actual car, right? Saving mm-hmm. for up there, you know, when they're 16. And so letting them learn that, that some money goes there. And then lastly is spending and spending, depending on your child. I think we're all wired to either be natural savers or spenders. Mm -hmm. So it's always fun to see how your kids come out, what their personality is, because my brother and my sister are both savers. They, They naturally save money. And I am a spender through and through. Like I never <laughs> had trouble spending money. Mom laughs all the time because like you would find a quarter in the grocery store aisle and you'll be like, okay, well, can I buy a piece of gum? You know, I was like, I, I had child to spend like it. that I just, too. Yep. Yes. I love it. And I still do. I still enjoy spending money. Um, but you learn a lot of good lessons. And so as a parent, I would say too that you don't lose your parenting right over the spending. Like you can still step in and say, no, we're not going to buy that. Especially if it's something, you know, you have teenagers and it's a piece of clothing that you don't approve of. It's not their money. You're the parents still. You can still step in and say, no, you're not going to buy that. Mm -hmm. that But but letting them have, you know, this, this idea of buying a cheap toy and you're warning them, don't buy that. Just save up one more week and you can take all your spend money and go buy something nice. that will last you. And they want it and they buy it and it breaks, you know, in the car when they, when they're going Mm -hmm. home and, It's a hard lesson for them to learn, but they're starting to learn some of those mistakes. I think there's a lot of benefit, a a lot of benefit uh, to that spend. And it's also the fun part, right? They're Mm -hmm. they're working hard all week and they have a little money they can spend. um, Let them enjoy it. So, yeah, those are the three categories. And I do love the order of giving first, saving second and spending third. Yeah,
1: I like that order, too, just to make sure that our hearts are kind of in the right place first. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And now you had mentioned uh, basically like When maybe you're not going to save up for college when you're in preschool, but maybe when you're a teenager, you should start to think about it. So would you say that there's different times or different money principles
2: for each stage of life growing up in childhood? I would say so yes. So for your younger kids, you know, preschool, kindergarten, um this is very simple basic things and I would even say not even dividing up into envelopes at that stage. Like when they're this young, like what you guys are doing, one big jar, all the money goes in. You get to see it, they visually see it all build up. They get to go buy something after a few weeks. Like that's perfect. That's just mm-hmm. what they need. They don't need a ton of stuff. But once they get into elementary school and they get have a little bit more structure around their lives in general, then yeah, I'd say put up a chore chart on the refrigerator write out what they're responsible for and get those three envelopes. And that's a great next step uh, for kids when they're like in elementary school, early middle school. And then when they get to be teenagers, uh, mom and dad, I remember when I was in the eighth grade, when <laughs> one of your Christmas presents, when you're in the eighth grade mm-hmm. is you get your own checking account. Oh, and so, yes. It <laughs> was saying, yes it's not savings phone. anymore. Checking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And so what mom and dad did, which I loved is they put the amount of money that they would normally spend on us for clothes or if we were going to go out with friends, uh, you know, as a parent, you can put whatever in your bracket of, of, okay, this is what we'd spend on our kids. And you put, they put that in our checking accounts. And so we wow. had a certain amount of money every month that was deposited into this account. And if we wanted more money, we had to go get a job, your integrity snacks or travel with dad and work, you know, like we talked about at the beginning. Uh, so you had to have, you know, something on the outside happening job wise to bring in more money for your checking account. But mm-hmm the basic was in there and it was great because then we were in charge of budgeting that amount and we were never allowed to ask mom and dad for money at that point okay we wow. couldn't be like hey we're going out with friends can i have 20 bucks like none of that it was what's in your account and if there's no money in the account you spend it all so you have to stay home <laughs> like you know it was just this kind of butter of black and jelly and black for you thing. yeah that's right that's right and so uh that was great too cuz back then which no one does anymore, but we had to learn to write checks. We had like our checkbook register that we had to like keep everything in. Um, But now it's mostly debit cards, which is totally fine. Uh, But as a parent, obviously supervise and make sure that they're not uh, going crazy. Cause I actually bounced three checks out of my account. Like the first few months I had it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, NSF fees are not fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. And what's so funny is dad actually made me go down to the bank and apologize to the branch manager really? for lying. lying to him is what dad called it and I was wow. like what oh. he's like yeah you told him you had money in his bank to spend and you didn't and that's a lie I was like oh my gosh but the, oh. but the well, guy sure was so nice that. Yes. <laughs> oh I've been to many counseling sessions to get over that. <laughs> no I'm kidding but he actually waived my overdraft fees for doing that I was like okay so that worked well yeah. totally totally yeah so when they get to be teenagers then yeah uh, that's a great a great next step is letting them, you know, kind of um, own this account and keep up with it and be accountable to it. And so that was um, something great for sure.
0: That's fantastic. Now, how about as, as the teenagers are thinking about college and preparing for college? I mean, what kind of advice would you give to them?
2: Yes, gosh, this is a huge life stage that a lot of mistakes, big, expensive mm-hmm. mistakes happen is in the yeah. college planning world. And so I would say, uh, my number one rule for students is that you're not going into debt for college. Period. And that's hard. That's it. Especially <laughs> living. So exactly. If you want to go to like an out-of-state so, school yeah. or
1: something, like, whoo.
2: <laughs> yeah. So what you have to do is you have to have that extreme line in the sand because then what that forces you to do is look at other options. Okay. And you have to force to say, okay, if we cannot cash flow the the dream school, the out-of-state school, guess what? You're not going. You're going to go to an in-state school, which is probably just as fine. And basically the same school as the one, the state, you know, the state line over, especially mm-hmm. if it's a public school. I mean, I went, I, I'm in Nashville and grew up here and I wanted to go to Auburn. I remember Auburn was like, oh, I just want to go to Auburn. And that was dad, mom and dad's rule of If you go somewhere out of state, you're going to have to pay the difference. And I remember just doing the simple calculations of out of state public school versus in-state public school. And it's like three times as much. There's a few extra zeros. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. so what do you do? You stay in state. You take in-state tuition. Maybe you go to a community college for a year or two. Get your basic credits. Mm -hmm. Be smart about this. People lose their minds. Lose their minds when it comes to college planning. I mean, they throw all common sense out the window. And it's like, oh, yeah, we can, yeah, go to this private school that costs $50,000 a year Mm -hmm. and we can't pay for a cent. And you're going to graduate with a psychology degree, an undergrad degree, you know, and you're $200,000 in debt. Like, it makes no sense. It It makes makes no sense. So so Mm -hmm. it forces you, it forces you to think and make decisions. And yeah, it may not feel good. It may not be the dream school, um, but it's wise because what's going to happen is when your student graduates college, they will have no debt. And and I'm talking though, if you have scholarships and grants, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, yeah, if you have scholarships and grants, go where you want. Or if as a parent, if you can write a check and they can go out of state school or they can go to the private school, go. Like I'm not mad at out of state schools or mm-hmm. private schools. But again, when parents throw up their hands and they say, Well I'm gonna let my 18 year old make this decision. I'll be honest, your 18-year-old is sometimes dumb. Like, they're not always the (laughs) wisest person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know,
2: we've been there before, thinking we know everything,
1: but we don't know anything.
2: (laughs) Yes, lovingly say, hey, this is not gonna be an option for us, but I'm gonna help you, whether financially or I'm gonna help you emotionally, I'm gonna help you uh, with the search, we're gonna apply for scholarships together, and you can partner with your student in this, and you guys walk through this path together. But how many students I talk to, gosh, that graduate... And even my own friends that still have student loan debt because no one spoke up and said, this is not wise. And I'm telling you, life happens too. And when you take Mm -hmm. on debt, you're taking on risk. And what ends up happening is they get a degree in something they don't even want to work in. They don't even use their degree half the time Mm -hmm. or they, you know, get married out of school, maybe, you know, they want to start a family. And then, you know, I've had, to, I have a ton of girlfriends decide to stay home and not work and they're still yes. paying for a degree that they may never use. And that's yeah. not to shame them, but it's to say, think about the next 20 years, not just the next four, because what you can do is you can work How many of us worked while in school? Like Mm -hmm. it is not child abuse (laughs) to work while you're there. Again, apply for scholarships and grants and make a smart college choice. All of those things still today, you can get out of school debt free and it's hard work. It's not fun all the time and it may Mm -hmm. not be your dream scenario, but it is possible. It is so possible. And so, man, parents, you guys listening, you have a responsibility you have an obligation to help your child in this process because again there are so many mistakes student loan has mm-hmm. now surpassed credit card debt in america <gasps> today oh, and man. so it, trillions and trillions of dollars wow. is owed and again if people that. Have them don't even use the degree. And sorry, I can we can have a whole. <laughs> oh, <podcast yeah>. that <laughs> makes my stomach turn on. to think about that. No, oh, man, but, it's, but, it's all, but like also stressing the point that your college choice, honestly, out in the real world, when you're going to apply, for, and adults know this when you're applying for a job, majority a majority of occupations, not all, a majority of them don't care where you went to school. Mm -hmm. And so if you have this private school degree from some little college no one's ever heard of, you know, it doesn't carry the weights, if you will, um, that you think it's going to out of school. And so again just be smart make common sense choices and helping your student do it because man it's I just it's so sad to me um seeing literally tens of thousands of dollars that these Mm -hmm. students start off their lives with at 21 years old in the hole and uh no one talks about the repercussions of it yeah
0: yeah I can tell you don't care about this that much so (laughs) (laughs)
2: oh gosh
0: yeah that's awesome well Rachel (laughs) No, this is great. This is great, and I love how you broke it out uh, for our listeners at the different age groups. So, as we come to the end of our interview, though, I wanna, I'd, I'd love for you to talk about contentment mm. because, I mean, it's, it's not, um, it's not money that's the root of all, the, all evil. It's the love of money. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right, as the scriptures say. So, how do, you, how do you guide, um, how do we guide our children away from the love of money? How do we teach them to be content?
2: I think one word um, that helps all of us, and I think even children as well, is gratitude. Mm-hmm. Being grateful. Because when you are grateful and your heart is, it's, it just overflows with gratitude, there really is no room to be discontent and to compare your life, you know, to everyone else's. And Mm -hmm. so the gratitude piece is huge. And I think even with kids, I think it's as simple as teaching them manners, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like learning to say, thank you and having them speak those words. And so, you know, over time learning that humility, I think that's another piece of it, Mm -hmm. uh, learning to be humble. And, um, I love CS Lewis has a quote and he says that, um, um, oh gosh what is it I'm, I don't want to mess it up that being humility is not thinking less of yourself it 's thinking of yourself less mm. and so you're true. more other centered and the giving piece tactically speaking that we talked about mm-hmm. earlier helps with that, but I think that's just this idea of a mixture of humility and gratitude uh, that we could all you know use a piece of because there's right. just there 's an entitlement uh, and a lot of people blame this generation of being so entitled, but I think it's been through you know generation after generation there's elements of it everywhere but Man, when you can break that and say, I don't deserve anything mm-hmm. and I have to genuinely work hard for something I want, but I'm so thankful for where I am in life and you're humble. Not everything's about you. That spirit, money doesn't ruin that kind of character. But suddenly when things um, and and stuff becomes the priority and it's like, oh, all I want is stuff stuff and it's all me, 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 mm-hmm. me. That's what's going to be exposed. And adult or kid alike, you know, that's just an ugly person to be around. You know, True. you feel that off people. And so I would say, yeah, just keeping that in check Uh, and parents more is caught than taught Mm -hmm. and your kids are going to be watching you as well. And so if you have a home that is filled with, with humility and gratitude, that's what they're going to pick up on. And that's what they're going to learn as well.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you, Rachel, so much for all your advice and um, different stories that are able to illustrate what you're talking about. Um, And I just feel like as much as you've talked about how we can help raise our kids to be wise with money can also be flipped and talking about, you know, the magnifying glass on us, like what can we do Mm -hmm. in our lives to be good stewards with money? money and to be wise and to basically teach our kids by example and not so much just you know here's your three envelopes and put money in it (laughs) that's right right, that's right yeah absolutely Um, would you be able to tell our listeners where they can find you Um, I know you have a few books that you've written as well and do you have a website or uh, different ways that they can reach you
2: yeah, com has um, everything you need on there. I'm on okay, Twitter perfect. and Facebook and Instagram as well. And we and actually have a uh, biweekly show on YouTube. So you can check that out. Oh, okay, uh, it's called The Rachel Cruz Show. Yep. So it's about a 30 minute episode uh, every other week. And so that's on YouTube and Facebook as well.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks, Rachel, for being with us. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You guys, thanks for having me on.
0: Wow.
1: Wasn't that great? It was. I think I said awesome and wow
0: way too many times (laughs) during the interview.
1: (laughs) Are like, oh, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Drop the mic.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, it was so good. And I mean, I feel like this is an episode, especially that advice that she broke out for each of the age groups. Yes. When she was talking about the teenager principles and, and saying, hey, this is the amount of money that we would usually spend on you dropping into their account. Like. Yes.
1: We will be doing that. Yes. Like, guess what? We don't even have to think about their eighth grade, you know, <laughs> graduation present or their like, yeah. when they turned, you know, going to middle school or whatever age you turn. I know exactly what we're going to get them.
0: Yeah. And honestly, the reason we had Rachel Cruz on, uh, number one, we thought it was going to be a fascinating interview, which it turned it out was. to be. Yes. Uh, number two, after reading the book, we began implementing the principles right away. In fact, even when she talked about getting a chore chart and the three envelopes, I was like looking.
1: We're like silent at high our,
0: yeah, to each other because yeah, we have a chore <laughs> chart right there. I'm looking at it right now, and mm-hmm. the three envelopes I see in our laundry room as yes. well for each of the kids. So it's incredibly. I mean, if you haven't checked the book out or even signed up for the 14 day money challenge at Rachel Cruz uh, at our website then you got to do it because this is just incredibly practical and helpful stuff.
1: Right. And we'll have all those links um, in our show notes inbetween.org slash episode 29.
0: Including, including Christina's rap video. Oh boy. <laughs> Come on.
1: <laughs> zero, zero, zero. <laughs> zero is a hero.
0: Okay. Well, How many listeners it was be- have we lost? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was better. It was better on the Facebook video. All right. Okay. So... If you're not connected to us on social media, at Show, And honestly, if you haven't left a rating and review for us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, we would deeply appreciate it. It helps a ton. But Christina, why don't you share with our listeners what we'll be covering next week on episode 30?
1: Well, next week on episode 30, we will be talking about carrying baggage.
0: Not like, not like. Kroger bags into <laughs> or, the house. No. Or luggage.
1: Right. We are talking about carrying baggage from other relationships into your current relationship. Yeah,
0: so we're gonna be doing a deep dive onto your relationship. And this is gonna be fun. It might hurt. Okay, so that, no, no, yeah. It, it was like hurt. that
1: band aid, yeah, I kind think. Of. You yeah. know. It's one of those and we always talk about it, having those tough conversations. Um that maybe we need to talk about our past to be able to heal and to move forward.
0: Yeah. So be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet done so, and we will catch you next time.